I mentioned at the beginning of this Mass that the celebration that we have today, the glorious resurrection of our Lord, is the most central tenet of our faith. Without it, faith is meaningless. Without it, we won't be here. Without it, there is no liturgy. But what is resurrection? What does it mean to be resurrected? The gospel for today is really instructive, especially looking at the primary characters of the story as to what this central part of our faith, the resurrection, really means. So, I would like us to, to take a closer look on the details of the gospel. We were told that on the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning. First day of the week here means Sunday. Jesus died on Friday afternoon, and uh, he was brought to the tomb after that. But since 6 p.m., uh, since Saturday, people are, were not allowed to do manual labor or actual work, even the number of steps during that time uh, were, you, you were supposed to count them in order not to violate the, the Sabbath, the disciples and Mary Magdalene could not really go to the tomb and visit Jesus. So they had to wait. The first thing, the first, uh, the first opportunity on Sunday for them to be able to visit the tomb. So we were told that early in the morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdala went to the tomb, and she saw that the stone removed. She saw the stone removed from the tomb. It's interesting that the first witness of the resurrection was Mary Magdala, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was a close, very close disciple of Jesus, and uh, she was the one described in the Scriptures as being freed from seven demons. Remember that story in the Scriptures wherein she, she anointed also the, uh, the feet of Jesus with perfumed oil after she was cured of her seven demons. And after that, she followed Christ faithfully until the very end. But what is so interesting about this first part was that she was the only witness. She was the first one who went there without the other disciples. And during that time, you know, I'm not trying to propose a feminist theology here, but women were not considered to be primary witness of a special event like this. So for Christ, for the, for the most important, the most important event in Christian history was witnessed by someone who was not considered to be a credible witness that time is a great shift in the paradigm on the way Christ wants to introduce a new order, a new creation. It was also mentioned before that when you're supposed to give an account of something super important, 
you have to have someone with you. You have to have someone with you. What this tells us, my dear friends, Mary Magdala, as the first witness of the resurrection, is that with a new resurrection of Christ, everyone is equal in the eyes of God. Everyone is equal, even if the culture of that time dictated otherwise. And she saw the stone removed from the tomb. Is this not what resurrection really is all about for us? The victory of Christ due to His resurrection is our own victory as well. And to be resurrected is for us also to remove the stones that still hinder us to experience new life, new creation in God. Resurrection for us is also being able to get out of our own tombs, making sure that we roll the stone, not with our own power, but with the power of the resurrection of Christ. And then we were told that she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken my Lord or the Lord from the tomb. She ran. You know, during the, the passion and the death of Christ, the disciples and even Mary Magdalene was paralyzed. They were just beside themselves. They were paralyzed. They could not move. Resurrection is about divine movements. Resurrection is about being created anew. So paralysis is starting to fade off and you are able to run. Faith is about divine movements. Faith is not being paralyzed by fear. That is why the first thing that Jesus announced also, whenever he, he, whenever he shows up after the resurrection is, peace be with you, do not be afraid telling us that this, new, that this new mode of being on his part brings about new life. Faith can never be quarantined in fear. Faith is all about being recreated every single moment. We saw that in the most powerful way last night in the Easter vigil. You know, there was a lot of movements. We had two Easter vigils uh, this year because of, because of the limited space that we have here. And uh, even with the two vigils, we still have to accommodate a, a, an overflow in the activity center last night. And it was two and a half hours every single vigil. So could you imagine the whole night? And uh, running here and the pouring, the water, you know, but this is the divine movements happening here last night, in as much as it was tiring, it was really about, it, it, they, all, they all brought forth what God was trying to do in our own lives. The paralysis brought by sin, the paralysis that was brought by our separation from God, was started, was 
getting healed right there was getting healed by the resurrection of Christ. So the question that we can ask ourselves is, what are the things that still paralyzes you at this time? Remember, Christ resurrected for you. You are a new creation. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran. Again, this divine movements, this running. Resurrection is the real deal. After that, it's not business as usual. <laughs> Faith cannot just be contained. Faith has to be brought to the open. Faith has to be shared. I cannot just be an anonymous. I cannot just witness in the sidelines. My life has to be a living witness of the living God. <laughs> That's what is divine dynamism really mean. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran. Peter, but the other disciple ran faster. It's interesting. Peter did not ran. Peter started to run first, but he arrived later in the tomb. It, did, it doesn't mean, though, that the, the beloved disciple was a better runner. <laughs> Peter was being deterred by the darkness of shame. Probably, as he was running towards the tomb, he was thinking, what will the Lord tell me of what I did to him a few days ago? What will the Lord tell me with the abandonment that I did to him? What will the Lord tell me with my unfaithfulness? <laughs> he was deterred by the darkness of his shame. But eventually, we would realize that when the Lord appeared to them again, the first thing that Jesus would do is to restore the friendship. And even going to ask Peter, Peter, do you love me? Three times, undoing the three times that he denied him during the Passion. But he was not able to get there because of his shame. You know, sometimes our own shame, especially the shame of our past, can deter us to arrive at the tomb first and experience the resurrection of Christ. Sometimes our own unworthiness, sometimes this, the gravity of the offense that we, that we did against God, could deter us from running faster towards the tomb and be resurrected with Christ. But Christ died for all of us. Christ died and resurrected for all of us, and He wants us to get there, running as fast as we can in order for us to be transformed because your past and my past have already been erased by the death and resurrection of Christ. Get there faster 
in the tomb. Run as, as fast as you can. Don't let the shame, don't let the embarrassment deter us from experiencing new life in Christ. We were told here that the beloved disciple ran faster. Why is that? Because when you love, you can sprint. When you love, you get there first. No wonder the beloved disciple who stayed with Jesus from the beginning until the end, and it was the beloved disciple who stood with Mary at the foot of the cross, he ran faster because he loved. You see what love can do? You can run, you can run fast. You can run fast when you love. You get there. Because you don't need your feet. What you only need is your heart to get there. He bent down and saw the burial clothes there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial clothes there and the clothes that had covered his head, not with the burial clothes, but rolled up in a separate place. I love this scene. Jesus, even after his resurrection, really knows how to make his bed. <laughs> it's amazing. He's pretty organized. He's God. I remember I was watching in YouTube one time, and it was this graduation speech by one of the high-ranking officials of the armed forces, and he was invited to speak. I'm not sure if it was a college graduation or a high school graduation. And the first thing that he said, you know what, guys? If you really want to change the world, start by making your bed when you get up in the morning. Starting with the basics. Starting with the basics. Is it really, is it not what faith is all about? You know, faith is not about doing greater and grander things at the beginning. It's first about doing our bed. <laughs> making our bed. When we rise up, taking care of my bed means I'm ready to do what God has for me today because the first thing that I need to do is to make my bed. <laughs> if I haven't done that, it's pretty hard to start doing other things. <laughs> Faith, in the end, it's about starting with small little things that we can do. And what is that small little thing? Your vocation. You don't have to go to another place to evangelize. Your vocation is right there at your home. Your vocation, especially if, if one is married, is not even in the whole home yet, right there in your bedroom. <laughs> starting with little things. Then the other disciple also went in and had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand Scripture that they had to rise from the dead.
they saw and believed in the end. Hopefully, as we ran to the tomb of Christ, when we get there, we also experience the same transformation that the disciples and Mary Magdalene experienced. After this, their lives were changed once again. Mary Magdalene suffering from the darkness of grief, Peter suffering from the darkness of shame, and then the beloved disciple right there being affirmed of his faithfulness and of his love. Different situations, but they experience the same time the fruits of the resurrection. We might have our own unique spirituality right now. We can be probably like John the Beloved. Our life might be like Peter or Mary Magdalene. Whatever it is, Christ is inviting us to get there in the tomb and be transformed when we witness the resurrection. Happy Easter.